video coming to you from Calgary, Alberta. I was a camp counselor for one summer. My counselor name was Hairball because I was a big fan of cats. But as the week went on, more and more people just called me HB. It was kind of fun. But my co-host Ryan was a camp director for several summers, so his insight into that realm far eclipses my own. I give you camp director, Ryan McCullough. <laughs> Hi there, Ryan here. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I love camp. It wasn't until like the pandemic that kind of like broke me of the habit of being at camp every summer. Was and it now, just not allowed to happen or it was such a headache to make happen? No, for, the first it. summer it was not allowed to happen at all. So we okay. kind of did like a, a digital at home camp where we created these boxes filled with crafts and snacks and games ideas. And then I made videos, fun videos for the kids to do. And it it was like, uh, like, hey, guess what? Do you love camp? Great. Perfect. We're going to give you all the stuff that you didn't love to do at camp at home. The crafts and, and <laughs> none of the stuff like hanging out with your friends away from home at all. Or the giant camp wide, like uh, capture the flag game with or your something. friends away from home. Yeah, we're going to, but you have to do that. Oh, flashlight tag at night or whatever. Good stuff. <laughs> with your siblings and your parents. Okay. So that's too bad. Um. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So uh, my camp didn't have camp nicknames, but the camp I went to as a kid had camp nicknames. Um, I just had it in my brain what mine was. Oh, I can't remember it now. Oh, like you gopher. were a counselor at a camp? Yeah, I was gopher. Okay. Yeah, when I was on staff. I would never actually counsel because I was in high school. So I was the staff, like one of the maintenance people that summer. After I went to high school camp, I would do a maintenance couple weeks with some friends. Okay. And I was called gopher. That was my camp name. Was that based on an interest of yours or just like I have to go get stuff so it I'm a gopher? based upon like I, think I was the guy. I was like the gopher guy. Like I was the helpful. I was helpful. I'd go and do random things. You're the things. production assistant, kind of. Yeah, you got to go get like I was, donuts. I was, okay. Like, I picked up, like, if somebody needed something, I was going to get it. I'm gophering it. So. Okay. Okay. Anyways, hairball, that was a, you picked that yourself or was it given to you? No, it was kind of like this weird, like, circle where you talk for a little bit about yourself and then the group, like, thinks, storm, brainstorms up a name. Yeah. And I was like, well, it's kind of gross, but at least it's cats. Sure, whatever. And some other people got the shorter end of that. Well, I was about to say, like, that's a great setup for, like, secret bullying to happen. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's a, it, yeah, no, it was a little weird. I think one person, like, severely hated, like, they were given the name Prada or something. It's like, no, I actually hate designer clothes, and I don't <laughs> want that. Like, they went to, like, get that changed after the discussion was over. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. But that's the name I remember. I don't remember what they changed it to. So. No, for sure. Because, well, that's what I mean. Like, when you have an idea of a group choosing a name for you after hearing a little bit about yourself. It's it's a bit like a hazing. Yeah. It has a little it's... bit of a, all right. Oh, like, cat hairball. Hey, let's rib him about that. Yeah. <laughs> but then I guess I felt like over the course of the week that it metamorphosed to HB was like, I don't know what that says about my, like, countenance or how I, like, carry myself severely or something. People are like, no, nah, we can't call him a jokey name. We're going to have to, like, no, no, HP is like that's like the that's when it, that's the the sweet zone because there's so many people I knew that uh, had names that were like shortened from their proper name and that was like the sweet zone where you got like that nickname of the nickname. That's a good nickname. That's a good okay. thing. Well, yeah. my camp counselor, his name was Kendall. Like his name was Kendall. Yeah. And his name at camp was Barbie, and it was like the greatest name because he's Ken Doll. Ken Doll. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 
So that seems like a group brainstorming inspiration moment. Yeah, but... it was pretty pretty awesome. And he stuck okay. to it. Like he loved that name, so it worked out well. But having the shortened gopher was that's a good I mean I mean HP was a good that's a good thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh anyways, uh camp is a fun place to be. Okay, can I tell you since we're talking about camp, I have a did you guys have any like classic scary movie camp stories i mean scary camp stories from camp. i don't know if we really did scary stories especially it, w- it was a severely christian camp ours um, was also but we had scary stories i remember someone telling a really tall tale at like a sharing like it was supposed to be ostensibly testimony yeah. about your life and christianity yeah. or something and i swear this kid was just lying like he was just talking about a car chase and stuff and i was like is any is everybody going for this? Like, what are we doing here? We're all just pretending this kid, his dad was a bank robber or something. Like, what are we doing? Like, it was such off the wall nonsense. But then his testimony but, was like, "I love to tell stories." God apparently, life, that's the real bit. Was just like, I, I just, I'm a class clown. I love, I love saying stuff in front of a bunch of people. It doesn't bother me. So this kid was good at doing that, I guess. Yeah. But it was such a, such a. Crock. Okay, so we had two big ones. There was uh, Emily who lived in the lake. This story legit got me. Like, I am terrified of this story. To this day, I walk around that lake at camp and, like, I get terrified because you can see when you're on the far side of the camp with the ca- in a cabin, you can there's only one spotlight and it's way on the other side. And all I imagine is Emily showing up under the spotlight really far away from me. Now, things really far away from me scare me more than things close to me. Oh yeah, right. Like yeah. the the original way Pennywise is described as being. Oh yeah, when away. Ben Hanscom sees him on the ice waving at yeah. him far away, that's that, worse that than gave me the creeps big time. A big spider monster trying Kay. to bite you. The big story though at our camp was the Goat Man. We had a Goat Man story. A lot of people know a Goat Man story. But here's the thing: one junior high camp when I was counseling, I decided to like up the ante and be like, "Hey guys." We have a Goatman story. Here's how it goes. And they're all like, oh, that sounds so silly. And I was like, yeah, it's silly. But the reason why it's silly is because it's based on a tragic reality. Okay. So down the road, down the highway from us is the Bowdoin Penitentiary, which is filled with uh, like not class A felons, but class B felons. So like sexual offense, child molestation, these type oh, of boy. people. Oh, boy. That's a real bad place for that to be. <laughs> but okay. And so I talked about this story. That took place in the early 80s of an inmate who escaped from the Bowdoin Penitentiary, was on the run, and hid out at Pine Lake overnight one night while the police were looking for him. Now, in in prison, he had a nickname called Goatman because he had, like, a long face with a goatee, and he kind of liked it because he thought he was pretty, like, dark and... You know, goats have, like, satanic implications. Sure, sure. It gives him So I imply all or... this to the kids... Yeah, and I imply like yeah, so like he was a real person. What he did is he hung out in like an empty cabin, and when he woke up in the morning, he thought it was empty, but it was actually full of kids. The kids screamed, went running out. He went running the other way. Eventually, he got caught. So this is the capper of the story because you know all horror stories have a capper at the end, right? You're like, oh, he got caught. He went back to jail. Okay. So the thing I tell the kids is, well, the thing is that all these years later, when the people asked him, "How did you break out?" he never told them. And nobody was ever able to figure out how he got out of Bowdoin Penitentiary. So I just told okay. that story and I left it at that. Oh, okay, okay. When I woke up in the morning, I f- in the corner of the room in an open jar, like a gla- like a 
like a pop bottle. Yeah. It was a yellow liquid. What? Gross. A, a Why? I was so scared to get up in the middle of the night to go pee. <laughs> Decided to pee in a bottle state so he didn't have to leave the cabin. Oh, it wasn't. I was like, okay. In our cabins, there was a bathroom in no, the cabin. So no, I didn't no, understand no, what was no, going we on. We were like, we're low rent. We had no, we had to like, you went to either, you walked across the field to the outhouse, like to um, the wash house, or you yeah. went into the bushes behind the cabin. He was okay, too scared okay. to leave the cabin. Too so. scared to leave the cabin. That makes that makes some sense. Anyways, so great transition because I'm Ryan and you're Nathan and we talk movies. And this week is a camp one. This this is kind of about a camp. Yeah, it's not really, I know. They these have become less and less about camps, but they, they there's a sign that talks about a camp a whole bunch. Uh, we're using all this camp knowledge in our look at the 2009 remake of Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, it was directed by Marcus Nispel and written by Damian Shannon and Mark Swift, the duo that brought us Freddy versus Jason. Uh, so they're the responsible for the two top movies in that franchise now because that's number one and this one is number two. Yes. Uh, and it had like a gigantic opening weekend that we were a part of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you and I, I were think there. the opening day, were we there we Thursday were there night? Day. I would have been like, let's go see this right away. Yeah, yeah. I just remember there was a lot of people there. I also remember when the movie started the like prologue was being projected onto the crowd yeah like, it we, was this weird glitch out i was pretty thing. grumpy because we missed th- that prologue was completely missed to us like it was almost all poorly projected distorted and, and like not on that. the screen yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was bad like i was frustrated because it's a pretty solid prologue it's yeah. like it gets the beats down honestly you could never watch that first movie and you watch the first five minutes of this you got it it's kind of like all right the gist of this movie including the big reveal is just there in the 1980 prologue and you're probably fine because that movie's not very good (laughs) but nathan and i are both kind of on the camp of like i love this franchise but that first movie anyways we have talked a lot about this movie before even doing any of the introductionary stuff of it that's right that's right uh sure i'll even get into the box office stuff a little more after the summary but just just a note it did come out Friday the 13th, yeah. 2009, February, yeah, President's February Day weekend. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. All right. When we last saw Jason Voorhees, he was plummeting towards the earth in a ball of fire in the far-flung future of 2463. Injured in the crash landing, Jason lost his uber powers and for- was forced to learn how to survive on the strangely similar Earth 2. He came across a new Camp Crystal Lake and found it to be incredibly similar to his home back on Earth-1. He also found a dead woman very similar to his mother, Pamela Voorhees. She had also been beheaded, so he brought that head back to his lair and built an altar to her memory. The nanites increased his intelligence and mobility, so he set about building a series of tunnels under the camp. He could now run, enabling him to quickly dispatch the young adults who were sure to come calling given the tremendous amount of marijuana that grew at the center of the camp. Now Jason could once again do what he did best and murder people, but this time with some new weapons at his disposal. Oh, and it seems hockey was also presumably unbanned in the interim, as the character Chewie expresses enthusiasm for the game, and there are goalie masks and addicts ready for Jason to steal. So... Coming off of Jason X, which we talked about on the show, mm-hmm. it's hard to get there with this one. Like, this is a sequel. Yeah, like, but... if, you, if you... So, Victor Miller was, like... <laughs> yeah. He very much believed, like, when he heard about this movie... Because we'll get into Victor Miller in this podcast, but when he heard about this movie, he was assured 
that it was going to be a sequel and not a remake. I thought he was assured it was going to be a remake and not a sequel, and that would net him more money because it's his no, no, screenplay. No, but that's what I mean. Right? Like, they, they tried to assure him that it was a sequel, not a remake, because then he would get less money. But then when he found out that it was being advertised as a remake, then he... Oh, then he did some legal action stuff, which yes. is Victor Miller's favorite thing to do. Victor Miller's uh, favorite thing to do. And he's... Yeah. Won. He won, huh? He he wins a lot of the time in, in these situations, yeah. He this tangled he... up this franchise for a while. Well, oh, yeah, until recently. <laughs> did you hear? This is actually very concurrent news. There okay. have been multiple sources that are confirmed that this movie's happening. Like a finally a new movie because there was something yeah. about five years ago it was like about to happen new line, and then evaporated. New Line Cinema's new like Twitter account had uh something to do with like a Friday Thirteenth reference and then the hashtag was like Jason Forbes return. Okay, but it's not like he's now in Dead by Daylight or something or he's gonna. No, be... it was New Line Cinemas. Like it was, it was like for the movies and then Sean S. Cunningham, the original director and longtime producer also confirmed that they're working on a new movie. So I think what happened okay. is Victor Miller settled the suit with everybody, and now yeah. he gets, like, a percentage. So why would he... He's allowing everyone to continue to make these now things. Now it he makes just, no sense to obstruct it anymore because it's his royalties Yes, he's going to well, get a right? big chunk of it, so now everyone can move forward making movies, but Victor Miller will get a big chunk, which... I guess, I guess going back to, like, the box office that weekend, it was, like record-setting 40 million dollar like february or whatever 40 some odd for the for president's day yeah. yeah yeah i do also remember the like precipitous drop like it was 80 plus percent 80 drop plus 80.4 i think it was yeah which is nuts when people talk these days like oh that movie did so terribly next weekend it was like 61 i was like it's not friday 13th guys. that's quite a bit so it's pretty good <laughs> compared to that one time yeah yeah because it's like it, it's not even the thing we talked about where it's like there's those one weekend splash yeah, movies like, in like Saw late October like, Saw being thing. like they only had one weekend to get it done and that's all like, they needed. There's no real reason to be seeing a horror movie in February anyway. Yeah. So why not see it February 20th or the 27th? But, but people were movie, just done. Yeah. This movie wasn't as well received as you and I think we had a better time seeing it than other people did. I guess so, yeah. Uh okay i guess we can just move on well, to talking the about the actual i'm not movie. saying you, you we now can't look back on it differently but i'm saying when we saw it live that weekend we both kind of walked up being like oh that was fun it, it was fun and i was definitely like set for more of those i was yes. like sure whatever that that did delivered on just jason's gonna kill some people there's a couple wrinkles to it that haven't happened yet uh and we were like, both pretty excited maybe the he... debate of like is it okay that he's running around and using a bow and stuff like this but i got over that when i watched more of the old ones it's like oh he used a spear gun that's similar like oh yeah i'm okay with they're, it they're clearly what was it somebody said like this is a rehash of the of parts one through four yeah yeah before it's kind of this weird zombie, combined story before yeah. he becomes zombie ghost jason yeah, there's there's a couple major milestone moments that that just take place in this movie, like like him transitioning from the like bandage bag thing to the, the mask. mask, yeah, to a mask. But then he and then like him kind of getting gnarled up real bad, so he might be undead at the very end of this movie. It's hard to really <laughs> say. He seems like he should have been badly hurt, if but then not all killed. of the movies ended with the same type of weird dream oh. sequence ending. This one, yeah. Was. 
I will say I really like liked the the kickoff to this like the pre late title card like short horror movie you get <laughs> yeah. for like 23 minutes it's minutes. like you just get a distillation of these yeah in like all right we're gonna have just a bunch of kills right away basically just have a whole cast of the teenagers or like young adults and just start dispatching them like bat 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 like yeah. really early and i don't know it's it's kind of like oh whoa okay that that dude got chopped real bad and then friday the 13th appears on the screen well and and they tie it with the one character yes so it's not just a complete waste of time it's kind of weird though because this movie has two prologues essentially because it has the panel oh yeah it has our credits situation pre-credit pre-beginning of credits with pamela talking to a counselor getting her head chopped off as credits are happening yeah then nothing for the whole intro scenes and then, yeah, 25 minutes later, boom. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th after Jason. That shot is still pretty pretty solid one where he's running at Amanda Rigetti with his yeah. with his uh, giant machete. And then it yeah. cuts away just when he gets there. It's it's a pretty, like, because I the thought first that was time. that was a great little reveal of, like, oh, dude. Like, I haven't seen him do that. Like, charging, yeah. f- using his momentum as part of the chop. That's gnarly stuff. Uh, apparently in the killer cut he's just standing there like there like i read through the breakdown again okay and like i've seen it before i let's briefly talk about the killer cut because i i deliberately didn't want to see the killer cut this time yeah i kind of fatigued myself with the killer cut like with this blu-ray i had i didn't actually know the original cut was on that blu-ray i would have kept it had (laughs) i known that i was like this is a gross version I owned pre-show? it. I I picked it up. No, at, like, I know, but I just did. I just reveal to you pre-show that it is pre-show. On you revealed to me that I screwed up because like <laughs> I own all of these movies except that one now because I was like I don't want no killer cut. <laughs> that thing's gross, and um, I got rid of it. So yeah, I have Show Factory released this like gorgeous box set of these movies. Okay. And okay, this is something I love about it. really quick. Do you know how there's like the first eight movies have that specific Friday the Thirteenth font? Oh, sure. Yeah, Kay. I can see it in my brain. But when Shout releases stuff, they make their in-sleeves reversible. So on one side, you'll get proper poster art, proper font on the spine. And okay. on the other side, you'll get Jason Goes to Hell or Jason X or Friday, Freddy vs. Jason in the font that they do from the first movies. Oh, okay. So it kind of unifies the oh, look of Oh, it is a gorgeous. You can see because the Jason X font on the side of the movie is typically the Jason with the big X behind it. Yeah. My font is the Friday 13th font, but Jason X written. That's kind of charming. That like at least invites those back into the fold a little bit. Because those definitely seemed like weird side projects or something. Yes. It was kind of fun just seeing the new line and Paramount logos together. It's just like, oh good. They've squashed the beef and we can just watch some stuff. Paramount originally came to this to this party. Yeah. But anyways, we'll get into the killer (laughs) cut. So this movie, okay, so to, to talk about the killer cut, we have to mention one thing about this movie. Okay. There's something about 2009 horror films, because another one came out this year, Alexander Jaws Piranha, right? Oh, sure, okay. Where We're talking about the like, level of horniness <laughs> in these. An excessive amount of gratuitous nudity. Qu- yes, I will say, like yeah okay if we're getting to like the killer cut difference i definitely felt like wow that was pretty horny walking out of it in february 2009 but then when i watched the killer cut i was like oh 
this crossed the line into like this is gross. I don't like it. Well, <laughs> like it. This would be like too the... much. It was right on the edge of being too much, but they they trimmed it to ninety seven minutes. Barely contained it. It's it's the extra nine minutes. I didn't need it because a lot okay, of it's so just like more boob shots and stuff. It's way more boob shots. Way more. And then girls playing with their boob shots. Like it's it's way more horny in the killer cut. But like there's something because like Piranha comes out. And we were, I was talking to Piranha about somebody, and I was just like, was it talking, did we talk about it at Trivia Night? We, were talking we about talked Piranha? at a Trivia Night about how much of a bizarre 3D spectacle they were trying to make out of, like, naked women swimming around. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And it was just, like, the horniest year for, like, they were like, you know what, we don't need to bring back, we need to bring back nudity into our horror movies, but we're going to times it by a thousand. Because yeah. in a normal movie, you'd get one shot, you get one girl... In a shower yeah, I just or wonder some... if it's like kids who grew up in the 80s and that was like a big milestone nudity moment. So in their heads, it was there all the time. But it's like, no, this is way more. You cranked it up. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. How the percentage went up well, and between to be fair, then and now. Two years before this, Rob Zombie in uh, Halloween, his Halloween movie. Yeah. Has Danielle Harris like naked for far too long. Actually, no. Now that I think about it, this year, 2009... Uh, my bloody Valentine came out the same year. Is that pretty grotesque too? I haven't seen it in a long oh, time. There's that there's that scene where the girl is completely naked, running away from the killer. Okay, in 3D. So through a parking lot, a pub, like a very public parking lot. Oh, okay. And she's running around like fully nude for extended periods. That all of her well, scenes of hiding behind something is wide enough to see her boobs at all times. That was the thing with this cut. I felt there was at least some tighter shots that are like, it's like, oh, okay, sure. I get yes. it. They're having sex, but we're not seeing everything all the time. <laughs> Whereas right. in the no, killer cut, especially that opening, that opening sequence in yeah. the killer cut, it is drawn out like crazy. Like, yeah, so Ben much. Feldman of Madman fame and his girl have some like shadow play going on with their tent in this version. Yes. I feel there's like a another 13 seconds or something. Somebody breaks it down on the, on the, Movies, like comparison movie, chart the movie censorship.com i'm not sure where it was i was just looking like because i was like i should probably familiarize myself with the killer cut because i bet that's what ryan watched and no. then i was wrong i uh so. i also so that's the reason why i was like you know what i've seen the killer cut too many times because when i'd play my blu-ray it there's no menu that comes up it just starts playing the movie and i was oh. like oh man the pillar killer cut has no theatrical but then i was like i remember when i bought this box set because this box set re-released all these movies, but not some of them. Some of them were just like, I have the killer cut Blu-ray in the Shout Factory disc case. They oh, just, they okay. didn't redo anything with it. They just put it in there just to kind of collect. Complete finish. it. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody online was like, no, it has it. You just have to go to special features. So I was like, oh yeah, that's right. So I went to special features and I played the killer cut off the Blu-ray. I mean, the theatrical Theatrical. Cut. And it was like, yeah, this is, this is far far more tame as i was sitting there being like because i've seen the theatrical only once and i've seen the killer cut a few times i was like oh yeah they did that they, they, i can tell you all the stuff that they shaped yeah I, I was basically just able to have fun with this movie again without it tipping over the edge into just like ugh, this is kind of a bit too too much although apparently even the default cut was too much for producer michael bay allegedly there's like an imdb, there's an IMDb note of him being like of the yeah. movie and i love that's crazy to me because he's okay with like fake testicles on the decepticon or you know michael megan fox in any position 
with other just than, like the shortest jean shorts yeah, or whatever. Other or than like, standing up with the sweater on, uh, yeah. he will film that. But this, no, he, he like objectifies all the time. But this is like whoa, 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 over the line. <laughs> Michael Bay is out. And he yeah. leaves. Yeah, so. which I, I find hard to believe because I feel like Michael Bay would have some sort of like control over this. Yeah, but, but anyways. Unless it was he was at the test audience cut with this killer cut we just <laughs> talked about, in which case we agree with him. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> like, do. Little is, too much, guys. Oh, it's Dial it so, back. Nathan, I was like, there's already, in this movie, there's already, like, too much nudity. Like, too many of the female cast members become naked in this film. If you're blonde, it's going to happen, yeah. Well, I kind of didn't realize there was two of them, because I was like, wait, but there's the other girl who's, who's complimented as being stupendous. <laughs> What is going on with this boat person? And it's like, oh no no, it's your a different boobs, person. Your boobs are so go- are so good, bro. Like, it's such, it's perfect so nipple placement. Uh, <laughs> it's really <laughs> some of the greatest compliments this guy Travis is dropping. I told it's, my wife afterwards. Oh no, it's like, Trent. The like, actor is Travis. Sorry, yeah, Travis. Travis when Van Wilkelijk is his. What's his character's name? Trent. Trent. Which uh, I, I told was my pretty wife afterwards some of these things this guy said to this girl, and I was like, this is, he said that his her boobs were stupendous. <laughs> this, like, yeah. This <laughs> is, somebody sat down and wrote, they understood exactly what they were writing, and then Travis read it and was like, I understand exactly what you want for this role. This is how teenagers it. talk. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> anyway. So the, the killer cut is, Nathan and I both avoided it this time, and I, I, I think I agree with you. What you're saying is that it is a much more fun watch without the killer cut. Yeah, it like I prefer my horror movies of this nature coming in under hundred minutes. So it, <laughs> sure. it definitely was like, oh good, ninety seven. Yeah, that's that's nice. But and I'm they pack say a lot this, in there. There's yeah. still long segments where I was just like zoning out because it's just like, man, Jared Padalecki and Danielle Pennebaker just walking around looking for things. Well, they're the the detectives. I they're, know. But like he's still doing around. his Nancy Drew thing from House of Wax, but this time it doesn't get him in trouble. <laughs> They're just walking around looking at stuff. Like, they're just looking yeah. around. In Without Jason. Camp. Jason's nowhere to be found. He's off terrorizing other people. But, yeah. Okay, br- briefly back to the structure, I guess. Yeah. Like, so you have this this intro short horror movie, and then the sister from that survives to be, like, the thing Jared well, Padalecki's looking for. we don't know that for, for certain. We just all of a sudden Jared Pet- we show up at the beginning of the after post credit after the post title card and Jared Pedalecki is at a gas station asking the gas attendant if he could put up a poster with her yeah. face on it because he's looking for her. she's gone missing it's been six weeks sure so she could well be dead I guess yeah. us having seen the movie no she's not so <laughs> yeah. yeah I guess that ruined it but whatever um. But this group of, like, Trent's posse of party heads are heading out to his dad's cabin to have a fun weekend or whatever. Like, it's, yeah. And I kind of, I always forget that, like, oh, yeah, Padalecki has nothing to do with this group of people, really. He's just on his own doing his lone wolf detective thing and then gets roped in by a friendly person of that group wants to help Well, because, so, Padalecki's in the gas station like trying to get like trying to tell the gas talking to Chris Coppola about yeah. wait what Chris Coppola the gas station attendant that is Nicolas Cage's brothers in this movie I like he's he's certainly a Coppola in the credits I did not look at his lineage but I have to imagine he is of no because Nick right? Cage has a brother named Chris well, he directed must, maybe it's him. Dead, dead calm 
Is that 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 would be crazy? Anyways, you just got oh, me thrown off right now. Um, sorry. <laughs> he's talking, and then while he's talking, because he's not buying anything, Trent is standing behind him. Okay, they wrote just getting pissed off. They like, wrote the most douchebaggery bro you could ever do, and then they cast the most douchebaggery looking guy to perfectly put it's all great. the mustard on every single thing. Be like. Y- y'all done that, bro? Uh, some of us um have to uh, move on with our lives. As he hears about his like potentially dead sister being kidnapped and lost, it's yeah. beautiful. No, he's incredibly severe and like maybe threatened by him immediately, and is being yeah. just such a chode. It's really funny. <laughs> well, especially with his like. So you're sitting there being like, "Wait, why is Danielle with this guy? Because she seems pretty normal, but none mm-hmm. of this friend group." seems like she should be there you know what i mean yeah she she's kind of the mousiest most empathetic member of this group and it, it does seem weird that she's there but i guess i don't know who knows her school backstory or maybe she's the popular rich girl or yeah. something and that's why he pursued her i don't know <laughs> but yeah. yeah but anyways so she takes she says sorry to him and he goes off and hops on his motorcycle and drives away and trent's like Let's go party. Responsibly. Because yes. <laughs> he's like, rich and he doesn't want people to wreck anything. Uh, him shooting down everybody all the time and like being just this killjoy wet towel guy with all of these like party dudes was so funny. It's just like, whoa, 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 hey, watch the wood. That's stained oak. And it's just like, okay, this is an outside game, you guys. Like he's just such a like nag to yeah. all these characters. It's just, oh, it's an antique chair. It's a family heirloom. I can't believe you did that. Like... He's such a such a tool. It's I, great. But I like when I first saw him do this stuff, I was like, yeah. I find I found his character kind of annoying. But this time through, I don't care because I know what happens to him. Mm-hmm. And like it's so deeply entertaining in the way I want it to be. No, 13 years ago, stuff like, oh, I can't wait for Jason to get rid of this guy. He's just ruining all these things. But then it's like this time it's like. I hope he's in this movie a lot though, because he's really like you want you rooting for him to keep like screwing up in hilarious ways. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's kind of a different vibe this time. Oh yeah, because then because eventually that sex scene comes, and then you just has all the great dialogue, like all the great your boobs. And yeah, so I guess he's good, also bro. like cheating on on our main girl there, but right in front of her, and then snaps at her as and is annoyed about it. It's just like leave me alone. Mm. <laughs> yeah it's like this guy is the worst but the show movie clearly loves it and understands it and we're just waiting for him to get his comeuppance which he does Mm -hmm. get which is nice so i guess back to the i guess the reboot remake sequel whatever like this movie could never have truly gone back to the pamela is the murderer situation like that would just not deliver on what the series is about at this point you know like it can't be a whodunit anymore ever again. You know, yeah, it's, sure. it's going to well, just Victor... be where's the hockey mask guy with the knife. Like, we got to get to that. You know? Yeah, because like Victor, even like, yeah, that's what I mean. Because Victor, when he was pitched, when he was pitched it, he was like, yeah, it's going to like be a loose sequel is what he, he was being told. Right. And I was like, but you can't even really make a loose sequel because by the eighth movie, Jason is a waterlogged dead zombie near god demon creature thing 
Yeah, he's he's unbeatable in a lot of ways. And then by the time we get to the one we were joking about, he's like this cyborg monster <laughs> that can fly through space and not be killed. Yeah, who's like, literally he's... been uh, like frozen for 400 years type of thing, right? Yeah, like... yeah. Like it's gone so off the rails at that point that to truly make it a follow up to all of that in canon. So absurd. he'd have to in his so, brain be like, "Oh, it's a sequel to the fourth movie or the third movie if it never happened." But it really is a remake. It literally is like somebody took the first four movies and they crammed it together to make one super movie. Yeah. Um, expanding our scope a little bit, it kind of reminds me of Mortal Kombat Nine, the video game, okay. where they took the stories of all the old games and made one kind of slicked up new telling of that tale. How did so how did the fans of the Mortal Kombat lore appreciate that? Nine was well regarded. That's okay. like the big comeback. So because yeah, when that new movie came out last year, uh, I never really understood that there's a lot of people that feel very passionately about the lore of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it it just being rearticulated with better graphics and better storytelling isn't a problem, but like yeah, if, if you, you introduce a with new like character dad or something, oh, if yeah. you introduce a new character who doesn't exist in the games, better watch out. Better watch out. It's like it that fan me... base has been burned by real bad movie oh. though, like <laughs> Annihilation, so Okay, maybe Annihilation, yeah. Uh <laughs> I just saw this really funny meme today about Michael Bay, somebody being like, this is the moment that proves Michael Bay ha- always hated the Transformers franchise, and it's the Mike- John Turturro underneath the testicles of the big monster. Okay. But Reddit just tearing this person apart, being like, yeah, let's uh like really uplift and bo- and like put on a high echelon this like amazing toy mythology commercial. that is Japanese toy commercials being changed into a, a cartoon show type mm-hmm. of thing like yeah but then then people came to the defense of like no transformers is a great mythology and it's like all right you were eight or whatever <laughs> like that's really what it was and then <laughs> it was like and then somebody pointed out there like yeah you know when in that episode of the cartoon show when the uh, robots started to become a little bit more sentient but then were killed it reminded me a lot of like 2001 space odyssey like it was right up there <laughs> like so. Orson Welles was there bringing yeah. all of his. This is what I mean. Luster. Like I just. Anyway, sorry. I don't know why we got into Mortal Kombat, but just when you say that, I'm like, oh, that sounds like Mortal Kombat fans would be frustrated, but that's not true. They are no, it's a great game. Okay, yeah, 2011. It was it was a great time. Yeah. Uh, but okay, I guess to in our demographic, this was probably the best sync up with this franchise I had because I was like 22 when this came out. Yeah, so it was like, oh, these are my peers being murdered <laughs> and attacked. It's like not some kids from the 80s, you know? Yeah, yeah, like it yeah. has a little more of a fresh flavor to it. Or weird future scientist kids who I can't relate to at all. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Um, so <laughs> I I was definitely game for this to kick off another three or four movies. And the success seemed to indicate that that was inevitably going to happen. Like, who doesn't want money in the film? Well, this biz? is what I mean. Like, they, they had Saw numbers, right? Where, like, Saw is made for, like, $8 million, makes 25 in one weekend, Boom! You got the next movie in the bag. Like you, you're gonna make start filming. One. So yeah. this movie costs like what, like twelve or something like that, right? It costs nineteen. Nineteen. And 
still and there's a lot of little trivia notes that are saying like this wasn't in the budget this was trimmed down or something so i think they were trying to penny pinch a little sure but still but it made 40 in its opening weekend and 60 in total that's yeah. that's say that's saw money like why but then and i think what it was international so yeah i think it's a couple of things here uh, including international sean s cunningham not being impressed by platinum dune style uh of things okay and i think another movie we're gonna be covering in this batch that came out the next year really i think put the nail in the coffin that were horror movie remakes oh yeah okay. Dune's next big one that they came sure out i know what you're now yeah, yeah that, that would have been Street. a bit of a turkey we're gonna be yeah. covering it in this batch but it is kind of like the last one of this like batch of like other than the leatherface movies continuing but they're still not remakes they're more sequels um kind of put the end to this era of like the horror movie remake time uh i guess so yeah and there's, it's a just... part of, there's a part of me that that thinks that a little bit of that plus that 80 percent drop scared people because it's like movies a sequel is always going to have diminishing returns 80 percent drop is huge that's a massive number yeah, it went from first place to sixth place, and then it was never in the top ten ever again. Yeah. Like, it was it was weird. Like, oh, okay. Like, is this bad word of mouth spreading, or what's happening yeah, kind of thing? Exactly. So, it was hard to read at the time. Because, yeah, in general, I was like, oh, that was pretty good. That was fine. That was a nice, solid one of those. Yeah. It, it didn't really upset me. I guess it is a bit like, okay, he can run around now. He's maybe a bit smarter than he ever has been with the tunnels and the generator and like the compound bow and all this stuff. Like, yeah. I don't know that I've seen him pull off stuff quite like that, but I thought that was needed to make him interesting again, instead of just the robot-y kind of ever present danger that yeah. he was for eight, nine, ten movies, you know, for sure. No, I, I understand. I, I do understand what you mean. Yeah. But for me, a more recent example of bringing something back to basics uh, in the new Halloween movies, like the David Gordon Green Halloween movies, where yeah. they just like, they brought Michael back down to the basics. He's a mystery. We don't really understand what he's about. He moves slowly, but confidently. And like, like in the first Halloween movie, that's like what their MO is because the sequels kind of like tried to change things, try to add extra layers. Uh, I'm I'm now sitting here being like I'm totally be fine with another Jason movie where he's just like just returning back to his to his zombie old Jason ways. yeah yeah I don't know I don't uh, I think about this new movie and I'm like do we do a remake do we do a sequel do we do a new Friday the Thirteenth like what do they do yeah like do we go all the way back to where it's what we were talking about with like camp counselors and stuff it's like no there are people running a camp at this thing and murders start happening yeah. like do we go back to square one completely but then do we like just ignore pamela Voorhees and that that storyline or like do we it, reference it, it off screen as like or yeah like do you change his origin so it's like oh he was like a 19 year old maintenance worker who was here and he died terribly or something something like that that's what i mean so and he's getting his personal revenge instead of this like maternal revenge that's sort of teed up in the intro here which i thought was okay like that was a good like just give jason a motivation from like oh, yeah. his mom or whatever it's just like hey you should kill for me or whatever which i don't know if it's like something she literally said or his mind is articulating re the de desire for revenge in her voice or something that's what it is know? is it because in the second movie 
he has his mom's head on uh like a like an like a altar of sorts and he With hears candles her voice. and stuff yeah the actor came back and she has scenes being like these these counselors need to be punished because they're not doing their jobs they're not caring for you michael and so that that's been part of the my, the uh, sort of the Jason mythology, Jason, yeah, yeah. Uh, from day one, and then we got saw a little bit of that in Fre- Freddy versus Jason, right? Because Freddy yeah. uses Pamela Voorhees' body to get Jason to go kill people on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's um, right. Uh, we do get kind of the like in X. There's the bit with the sleeping bags, right? Yeah. Like in the simulation, he uses a sleeping bag person to which is which is is a reference to a previous kill in like four or something like that but yes okay here we get the kind of bonfire sleeping bag bit which, which i thought gnarly it's it's i it's gnarly inherently because she's getting cooked or whatever but i feel she just dies too quick after You're she right. kicks her way out of it and then she's dead somehow it is gnarly like, because oh, of a what? subsequent movie you remember we saw mandy oh sure yeah mandy is killed in a very similar way in front of red's face Oh, okay she's cooked sure. over like a live fire while burned alive watch. stuff yeah like where's ben feldman's caught in a bear trap in this <laughs> and he's he's screaming and whatnot uh, um, and then he gets the the running cleave so situation. ben feldman okay i didn't know this because my reference point for ben feldman is not mad men it's a uh, silicon valley where he's the lawyer no it is superstore where he's the main character through the entire all six seasons uh which show what superstore that like oh um, is he really yeah he's the main character i mean america Ferrer is the main character but then she leaves in the last like season and a half so he is the main character through the whole show oh wow okay i didn't know he was in that so yeah, yeah i've never seen that show but okay um uh he's kind of a later season guy in mad, in mad men okay yeah um so okay sorry i'm just thinking about this sequel thing there's a possibility that they'll do a, the new recent trend which is the legacy sequel where they bring back old concepts. I'm trying to think where you jump in, though, because I like some of those later sequels. I know. Do you remember when we talked about Jason X, I had that pitch? About, I know. Like, you have you have a thorough idea about how to implement Seven and, and Tommy six. Jarvis. Yeah. yeah. Tommy Jarvis with the, psych, the, like, the psychic girl from Seven and her being, like, evilly controlling Jason to kill people again but we don't know that until the final twist because tommy and her meet in like a sur- camp crystal like survivors group whatever group? because yeah there has to be one anyways that i was like they could just bring back tommy jarvis and like just do a legacy sequel Re- reading through the trivia of this one there was definitely a lot of talk about tommy jarvis and his importance or whatever and he was like key in the video game that existed uh, yeah. where he can be like summoned to battle Jason because he's kind of one of the only people that's done that successfully in in now the series, in that video game. But... Sorry, because you and I have played that game a couple times. He's one of the ways to beat Jason, right? Like you can escape, you can assemble some a, a phone call to call him, right? I think he shows up and like severely damages Jason. I don't know if he can kill him. Okay, because remember, but he has like the, a shotgun and he unloads it on Jason. I what think. is the few ways that you can win that game? You can either escape or you go find the pieces to make. I think a phone it's like call? you can escape in the boat. The cops can come and you can escape that way. I don't know if you can straight up just battle your way to a victory. I can't remember. Oh, you can also escape in a car if you get if you get the car running. Oh, you can fix the car and yeah. leave on your own. Yeah, that's Kay. right. Now that game, I know it was beloved, 
Like, people really liked that game. People were pretty jazzed about it, and then Victor Miller kind of screwed it up. Yes. But was <laughs> so, it successful? I think it was It was on its way to being successful, but I, I can't say how the destroying the DLC plans and support for it, the lawsuit stuff, did. Yeah. I think it kind of killed its momentum. There's this other game called Dead by Daylight that sounds similar to me, and it's like slasher movie villains oh, no, and I've heard about surviving. It, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I I don't know. I and that that group that made that game is making a Killer Clowns game that was recently announced. Oh, okay. In the same spirit, which yeah. is such a weird license to pull for that, but I think I'm okay with it. Um. Uh. But yeah, it's it's hard to really know. How that well Friday Thirteenth game financially yeah. is a lot of fun, and I can't tell you because I played I played a bit of it when I when it was still active when I first got the PlayStation Four. It was not yeah. long. That was on there. I think I like I tried playing Jason a bunch of times. It is hard to be Jason. <laughs> he's got a lot on his plate, man. He's got all these teens. He's yeah. got to kill. Like you have all the easy things where you can like ghost your way to somebody, but like, like you've you got can't... powers that allow you to jump around. Yeah, but you but... have to like land. You move really quickly, and if you land too far away, those guys can run away, and then you're like, oh, I'm screwed. I'm not gonna catch that guy. I gotta slowly stalk <laughs> after these kids. Dang yeah. it. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah there's um, a lot of wheels turning in it but i remember so. playing that game with you one time and that game became pretty intense though when you're like a camp counselor trying to find stuff and then he's stalking people and yeah you're trying to play like an adventure game where you find little bits and bobs and assemble them into like keys and whatever and there's just this murder man coming after you well and, and it's so yeah, many, it's, and it's it's kind of great when we first when i first started playing it i didn't know the dynamics mechanics of jason like, I didn't know that, like, he had the spiriting powers or that he had, like, sensors that showed him where noises were coming from. Mm, mm-hmm. Because you're just kind of going around, like, out of sight thinking you're fine. But if you're making too much noise or turning on too many lights, he's going to sense that you're there. Right. Th- this movie kind of has little traps and things set up. Like, there's bells and wires and mm-hmm. things set up so he can hear where you are logistically in the camp. Like, I feel the screenwriters felt they needed to sort of justify his ability to pop up somewhere oh, it's yeah. like, oh he has tunnels he has like a network of tunnels under the camp what they did is so, they, they really wanted to take away like that like they wanted to yeah the supernatural layer. element they wanted to ground him into like he's just a dude who can be killed can be hurt but like not anything more than that type of thing yeah, but he's still pretty crazy capable at killing oh like, yeah there, exactly there like, was some like, gnarly he's a good like, hunter tracker killer but yeah. you can't like if you shot him if you cut his head off he would de- be dead. Sure. If you sure. he got maimed and it did stop him for a while. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean. Like whereas old Jason would be like, you chop his arm off and he'd still continue to walk after you slowly, right? Like and catch up to you and eventually kill you. It eventually got there, yeah. yeah. Where he was he was just this weird golem or something. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, but qu- okay. Question for you. Uh, yeah. Now that we've seen three Platinum Dunes movies. Uh, we have more, I think, coming. Have you noticed that they really like like dirt and grime on sets and on people? Uh I guess there's there's some of that here with the kind of like oh this gross bathtub and this yeah Jason's house place. and his tunnels and stuff like that. That was actually one of the the things I found the most like 
lame about this movie was there's a lot of shots of just like weird pov shaky shots of like surveying an area and it looks bad like (laughs) compared to how like cinematic some of the situations are there's like what why is this cut in here this looks terrible i think it's just a reference to like those first movies where it was like from the killer's pov lazily it's the same cinematographer as texas which i gave the mvp to that one but like i was almost like did he not shoot some of this like this just looks like a second unit had a bunch of weird like carrying a camera through these sets footage and they put it in the movie but it's really like when you watch that first movie there's a lot of like a dude just has it holding a camera and he's walking through the woods and then he's standing behind a camera like they're really trying to do like the the halloween peeping tom like first person camera it makes sense to me when it's that kind of Jason stalker cam or whatever, and you get the like, or whatever. It's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. That's Jason is surveying this campfire from the woods or something. Yeah, and they yeah. don't know he's there. That's okay. But there's just like uh, early on with the the boyfriend, I forget his name, the curly haired guy uh, who's about to oh, die. Yeah, the uh, one that he's in it for two minutes. There's like little furtive glances from him when they go into the the house. Yeah. And it's just like, why am I getting a POV shot from this guy? Like, it almost seems like we shot the scenes and we didn't actually like have the characters framed up in the rooms with the character. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's that moment where he grabs the head out of the hole in the wall. And it's like, I don't even know if that was him. Like, it almost seemed like it was like an arm comes in and looks at it and goes, whoa. And then there's a reaction shot of him freaking out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you never really see the bathtub and them. It's like in almost one like there's moment. a fourth wall somewhere that he ca- they can't reveal because that's where the crew is type of thing. Something. Yeah. There, there's something about the shooting logistics of some of this stuff that was just resulting in some really crummy footage, sure. like sprinkled throughout. Yeah. I was generally enjoying the proceedings, but there was little little flickers of like maybe incompetence <laughs> from Marcus Nispel or something falling into the mix there so the thing so. that gets the thing that i gets me about these movies especially about this one there's nothing crisp about this movie even though it's made today with like better technology better filmmaking everything looks dusty brown and kind of boring even mm. jason's mask they find is like this grungy looking thing even though it's yeah it's like storage. this beat up old mask he finds in an attic and the red isn't very vibrant or anything that's what i mean it. like when you go to the original movies the mask was often pretty good New. condition and yeah. jason's the one that's run down and it's like i kind of wanted that element but they kind of go with this like the grunge 90s aesthetic of like the hostile movies or the saw films where everything is like everything's got a layer of like mildew on rust and yeah just, okay that stuff like doesn't do it for me this aesthetic of this of this era of horror does not do it for me even though there are many things i like about this movie the aesthetics are not something i do and that was a big point of contention i had with texas was just mm-hmm. like this just doesn't look good like it doesn't look like a like interesting... yeah i i always felt that environment has to have a certain like animal bones and oh, dust sure, and yeah. hot summer sweat or whatever this this movie doesn't exactly need it it is a rundown camp but like yeah the cabin i guess like the trent's like place sort of feels a little more spiffed up like i feel like if any of the first four like that's the fourth one where there's that house party yeah is that environment where they're just kind of hanging out okay a great example this movie reminds me of the third one which was literally just like a shack on this like back lock 
back lot, like parking lot. Like oh, the, the lake created. looks terrible in three. It's like, oh, this is just some puddle we made because <laughs> we forgot we needed this in the story. Like yeah. it has, it has a real dingy. They literally, like, I think budget. they shot it on the back lot. Like I don't think they shot it in on location. Like I think it was because they had the three D technology. I don't think they could be on location for the whole thing. Okay, but yeah, th- this this definitely is sort of a bit crisper in that respect just like there's there's a couple environments we go to including like the wood shack like the wood chipper zone or whatever i guess i was sort of like oh they established this early like with some of that stuff sure. like jared yeah. Padalecki goes there to scout out like uh oh is my sister here like to oh, this weird man. yokel guy that yokel <laughs> So I thought he was pretty funny he in was like a funny. crowd lowbrow way. Yes. Like it, but yeah. then there's a scene that takes place by himself before Jason <laughs> comes and kills him. Where he's, he's just like, talking to like a mannequin. But he's like talking to her in like a really like filthy, like Cheech Marin outside of a stripper bar in from Dust Till Dawn type of way. Well, he's just by himself with like a hustler or something previous to this. Correct. And then he finds this mannequin. And he's just like, hey, remember that special night we had? <laughs> it's yeah. just like, what? But then is he starts rubbing dude? her in places. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to. Okay. Jason, yeah, it's a little guy, bit please. of the weird horny element of this movie is there. But then I, I think that bit got a laugh in the theater sure. when I saw it. Like with just this idiot. But it's one of those Jason like that was my moment on. where I was like, Jason killed this guy, please. Like just get this guy out of the okay, cool. Thanks. Get Jason. this guy out of the movie and yeah. then he does. So uh and and you see his face sort of a little bit with the the mask gets pulled off. Yeah. You know? Which I guess has happened in the franchise before. It's not like a Yeah, there's been references it's, there's been very direct like I think Seven has the weirdest looking face and it's like he's just maskless for a good portion of that end fight scene. Yeah, yeah, so. that's how I recall it. Also, uh, okay, so yeah, he's he's killed that guy. They've established this barn or whatever. I feel like they've also like the hick guy sort of says, "Oh, I work for this other guy." Is that the dude who owns the tow truck we get later? Uh, that was something maybe. I was making up. I think that I tow truck. To... I think that wasn't that the actor who's also the guy in the wheelchair in Texas Chainsaw. Oh, maybe. Who's now like... that I'm seeing them in close proximity it could have been that guy that's what i mean like i was sitting there being like oh is that the same person mm-hmm. but i can't i couldn't tell you for sure so. okay so let's see all right one thing about this movie that was really annoying to me in theaters when i saw it and was less so now because i've seen it and also i'm at home and i control the volume yeah i found this movie had some of like the cheapest jump scare audio stuff that I'd seen up to that point in 2009. Like, it was just, like... The, the one that got me just laughing this time was, like, Jared Padalecki's walking through that barn. Yeah. And his foot, like, hits a bucket or something. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so loud! It's, it's just, so like... Loud. I do remember that. It was so... In theaters, I was just, like... I... Jump scares don't typically work on me. Like, I'll yeah. get a little jolt. But I remember that bucket. That bucket in theaters was just, like... Oh come on, oh, man! Guys, that shouldn't that be is, that loud. It's so loud. Yeah. And then a dog jumps at him at a fence later. And you're like, all right, yeah, we're just gonna like what Jason was gonna be at this house. Like that didn't make sense <laughs> Jason, to he's have gonna, a scare. Jason's gonna kick. He's gonna kick Jason in the foot as he walks forward. Like what was he like? I don't. Know. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, and that's where you get that lady being like mysterious old, like foreboding character. Yeah. Just like, oh, she's not missing. She's dead. <laughs> what? 
Who? Who? Yeah, he doesn't like it when people come around his territory. Who? Who are you talking about? I've never. I don't live in Crystal Lake. And then she just leaves. <laughs> like he just leaves him <laughs> in mystery. Yeah. So he, yeah, but you know, being a good brother, there's a lot of weird stated backstory about like these siblings and their mom dying of cancer and like this whole oh, yeah. rift that's been happening between them. <laughs> like, yep. like it's maybe a bit too much. It's, of it, yeah, it's but... a little heavy-handed. It's not enough 80s of just like I'm missing I think my sister. It, it sort of had a weird effect on me though cuz I was like it's been a while since I've seen any cut of this movie. I can't remember who makes it. There's no way these characters are going to die though, right? Cuz they've invested so much time in their story. Like any of these like Trent's crew are in danger cuz they're cardboard characters, right? right? And even Daniel Pennebaker all she's doing is listening to the sad story. Like she doesn't share like anything. she's there as like a means for Jared Padalecki to talk about his mom <laughs> yeah, dying exactly. and all this stuff. Like yeah. it's like, well, we can't just have him on his own saying this to nobody. So she'll be there. Yeah, and she's the nice one. But guess what? She didn't share anything about herself, and she's dating a jerk, so she's gonna die. I guess so. I felt that was a bit of a weird like oh no she's the innocent girl like what on earth did she do to die it's like well whitney's here now and she's more important so <laughs> like they I just kind of offer i've never been a, I, I i don't daniel pennebaker is not in my mind like someone i think she's I not like. a elisha cuthbert tier or anything she's uh, yeah do you, you do you ever see the ward I did see the ward with Amber Heard, yeah. like uh, <laughs> to Amber. this date in time, Carpenter's last film. Yes, uh, yeah, she's like pretty big in that movie too. Okay, and she's pretty terrible in it. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, I, I can't really argue on her behalf. She's, no, no, and that's fine. I just, yeah. She's uh, basically just given the not totally unreasonable character here, so you kind of are happy someone. But somebody listening. has to die in this trio because. No, dude, I was doing like mental math when this was happening. I was just like, "There's no way we're gonna have three characters through the finale, so somebody's about to," <laughs> and then it happens. Like, all right, yeah, that checks out. Yeah, that yeah. Checks out. Well, it's just more like you have to like if you're gonna have three people running and you want to have two of them live. Like, here's the thing. Uh. What's even sadder about that ending is, like, Jared should be the one that he's jumping out of the lake for because she's the one that's been traumatized. She's the one that's lived six weeks being a prisoner. Right. And she's the one that they've established this weird connection with where, like, she looks kind of like Pamela. Yeah. Like, she kind of looks kind of like Jason's mom. So he's hesitant to do that. He you know? wants to keep her as, like, a treat or something. But, like, Jared almost does nothing. But, like, he... <laughs> He gets out of this movie pretty clean. Like, it's like, this movie could have had him heroically killing Jason, but, like, he dies. But it's like, no, Jared Paralecki's the star. You can't can't kill that guy. It was a bit weird. I was kind of, again, foggy memory. So I was like, I don't remember if he makes it or not. Like, something has to happen. And he gets, like, bashed around a bit. Like, he gets his face through some bus windows or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, oh, that didn't kill him. Like, this is a slasher movie. There's no way. Yeah, you gotta and it's have, like, like, oh, yeah, gory, he's fine. Like, knife stab or something. You gotta have something impale on something. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the kills I remembered prior to rewatching it, like, I forgot about Aaron Yu's, like, crazy screwdriver stab yeah. situation. That was a bit gnarly. Uh... I for and I forgot about the axe one, which was great. The like throw? Uh, yeah. his buddy, uh, his friend 
has a great idea. He uses a walk as a shield on his arm yeah. and heads out to go see if Aaron Yu's okay. But he like, has That's a great line, idea. Nathan. Oh my goodness, I'm so frustrated because this movie was like, we're going to add a black character so it's not just a bunch of white dudes and hanging out. Yeah, right? there's, a, there's a black guy and an Asian yeah. guy in the mix. But let's yeah. make the black guy somehow, even though the rest of the movie he wasn't that close to this his Asian buddy, like we have, I have to go looking for him. And it's like, don't worry, man. I'm too fast. He can't get his hands on me. Yeah. And that's true. The movie honors that notion. He can't get his hands on him. That's true. But yeah, then he does manage to evade him even after dropping his walk shield, which I was like, oh, no, no, no. You're going to need that. Oh, he and like, then he like Buster. He almost Buster Rhymes Jason. That's a reference to Halloween Resurrection where Buster Rhymes beats up Michael Myers. <laughs> Okay, I was like, he does say he's a rapper, but he doesn't actually do that no, in the no, no. film, so There's I don't like know what you're talking about. There's like a whole scene where Buster Rhymes <laughs> karate chops and kicks Michael. Michael, yeah. And gets away. Okay. Yeah, he does some invasive stuff and is able to run out across the field from the tool mansion towards the regular mansion. And then he does this two-hand oh, axe yeah. throw. Well, he, it's kind of great. He He's clearly not as fast as the, as the, the black actor as he's running but like he runs out of the shop and it winds up this axe and throws it and yeah. like it's a good kill like it is good in that like jason can't catch this guy so he's being clever and he's using his what what's on hand they called it a hatchet in the trivia i was like dude that was an axe that was a double it's a double bladed axe. axe like yeah it's not a hatchet it's a double yeah. bladed axe because the finishing move is he then is able to saunter over to him near the wood pile and then like pushes him down on it and it comes through him yes. or whatever. So yeah. he's killed both of those friends, the kind of pot buddies, uh, beer pong experts. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about Trent not shooting the boot? Like he doesn't honor the code of the beer pong game they're playing. It's kind of one of the little things about him that's that's upsetting. Yeah. Go you ahead. Know? No, you do. Go ahead. Go shoot. All right, they fill a shoe, a sweaty sneaker full of beer. Yes, and he loses ten times in a row, like <laughs> beer pong. He's terrible at it. Trent, but is he a does bro not who sucks it at beer pong. Yeah, he's just like, no, I'm not doing it. It's like you do it, girl. I'm standing with right here. It's like, no, what are you talking about? It's on you. You miss, and then he just goes, nah, I'm not doing it. And then Aaron Yu does it just to gross everyone out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. yeah, Trent, Trent is. So this he is, also has a scene that he ends with literally asking Daniel Pennebaker, like, "Hey, can you get me a beer? Can you can you get me?" Oh, and she like walks away. <laughs> like it's just he's just adding a little bit of chauvinistic dirtbag no, on so everything. While Pat, Daniel Pennebaker is hanging out with Jared Padalecki, he's all jealous and angry about it. So he goes and has sex with this other girl, who he soon finds out has stupendous boobs. Yeah, with um, perfect nipples. With great uh, nipples. He's real excited about it. But should I we guess talk about Ryan Hansen scene... and Will Afford? Because we, we didn't talk about them at all. Okay, sure. So Ryan Hansen from Veronica Mars and Will Afford, who was a uh, internet singer, who, like, pop star for a short, very oh. short period of time. All right. Um, Take your word for it. They, they sneak away to go get Trent's boat, and they're going to go hang out there. And Willa Ford is like, hey, you know what would be fun? Wakeboarding, but topless. Yeah. And so they're they're driving around and everything's going well. And then all of a sudden, 
out of nowhere with zero setup, Ryan Hansen gets an arrow through, through his the head. head. Yeah. And it was like knowing it happens takes it out a little bit, but it is such a tone oh, crazy because... scene. Like it is sun soaked, <laughs> middle of the day, they're laughing and driving around, and then like murder time. And then like, cut Whoa. to Jason who's been stalking them with a bow and arrow. And yeah. then the boat, which he was going back to pick up Willa, who'd fallen off the wakeboard, he yeah, gets hit, gets and then she's in the way and gets smacked. Then she sees Jason and freaks out and goes swimming across the lake. Swims away, like, sees him on the shore with blade out, and you're like, well, that's obviously not good news. So she swims the opposite direction and gets to appear. And gets to appear, but Jason has is there. made it there already. So she must be a yeah. really slow swimmer. Or the best tunnels under the lake. I don't know. (laughs) And then this death scene. This death scene in the theaters got me pretty good. I was laughing pretty hard. So she's. I I was still tensing a little because I know it happens, but it's just like, how do they do this again? Like logistically, I remember the trashy little pepper splash they put on it at the end. I know. (laughs) So uh... he's on the. Jason's on the pier overhead. She's underneath, being really, really quiet. Actually, too quiet. Very stealthy. No way that Jason could know no she's there. No splashing, nothing. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Jason's massive machete comes through the slats and gets her right on the top of the head. She's dead. And then when he lifts up his blade, her whole body comes with until it hits the plank and then it falls off. But just enough above the surface that we get one last obligatory boob shot boobs shot which is just so <laughs> just trashy and gross so in trashy. that context it's like oh this man movie just okay too much like honestly that's that, that's in every cut that's not i know cut exclusive that, scene that is just would there. just work yeah. perfectly fine in a bikini like there's no need to have a topless will afford and that whole scene mm-hmm. it would have worked equally as well in bikini it added nothing like i'm gonna give this movie Ben Feldsman's sex scene stuff because it's silly, stupid, horny horror movie stuff. And okay. then I'm going to give the sex scene with Trent because he says some he, hilarious things. He makes things. it funny and it works out in a weird way. Yeah, This okay. scene is the scene where I'm like, this is the one. This is the one where it's like, this was fully 100%. I think had... it's just how they mix the violence with eroticism is unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, ow. Like it, like I might have made that sound in the theater when that happened. <laughs> yeah, like it's just like, oh, come on. Well, but then all those crash fans were all like, yeah. But okay, other thing with that scene though, I swear this movie just didn't have a boat crash in the budget because I was like, <laughs> what is going to happen to that boat? It's going like full throttle across the lake with no one driving, and then it's just like, eh, that's, that's, he's dead. That's so expensive. We don't have a boat to blow up, so don't worry about it. Ryan's gonna as soon as that shot's over, Ryan's gonna get up with that fake. It'll run aground somehow. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Just he'll like turn the thing, so it'll just continually loop in a circle in the middle of the lake, like an just a dead boat up out there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's all happening. While okay, briefly on the killer cut again. Part of the Trent, uh, I forget her name, Jenna, like the sex scene there, Brie, Brie is Brie, the character. Yes. Uh, that was extended in the killer cut because there's sort of another scene that isn't in this version happening around it. Okay. Where Whitney does escape from Jason's lair, but to no end. 
is kind of happening. And it's like they're so busy boning that they don't notice someone is there trying to get help or whatever. And yes. then she gets recaptured. Yeah. So there was kind of more shots of just like them spaced out in their own little world or whatever and her running around trying to do something which honestly which i was kind of thinking about like it sort of gives whitney a little bit more of her own like power or something like i what i did think in this version she was kind of clever with the like like she grabbed the broken gps and i was like what are you gonna do with that and then she grabs wires out of it to pick her lock or whatever that's I what like, I mean, okay like, that's something she has enough to do to show her capability that that whole sequence is unnecessary because Jared's about to find her and it gives us more obligatory nudity, which is the also the bad. Yeah, it's just a bunch of that extra eight minutes or whatever is this kind of not escape moment, which yeah. seems sort of useless. So Which was a, a wise cut then. Like that's the thing. I would say that's yeah. a wise cut. Yeah, I'm not mad at that cut. Uh I'm trying to think if there was anything I read about in the killer that it's like, oh, that would have been better. <laughs> like maybe there I think there's one more moment with uh her and jason kind of getting settled down by her looking like the mom or something yeah. like he's freaking out in his lair or something and smashing stuff and then she talks to him and it kind of smooths that out or something yeah. that sounds like if any little sequence would belong in the theatrical that might be interesting but it's gone so sure. eh. um yeah it's actually kind of disappointing to me that the killer cut got rid of that run swipe cut from the beginning part of the movie oh like where you first see him charging at yeah. at the bear trap because guy? Yeah. that scene played heavily in the trailers that was like the cut scene to the friday the 13th in the trailer as well oh like the end of your tv spot or like to the title yeah moment yeah and that was like so the fact that the killer cut was like no it's better that he wasn't doing that is kind of like short-sighted like that's not the point yeah like it it kind of goes back to our old formula thing of him just silently being there yeah. is scary so this is like, I mean. it so kind if... of is but the, him charging is something you haven't seen him done before exactly like so, do before so I, it's cool i feel like the killer cut just sounds like a weaker cut altogether and after watching the theatrical again for the first time since seeing it in theaters i have to agree like it, i was i've always kind of liked this movie i don't put it in, in the top 50% of the Friday 13th films, but it's oh, definitely okay. not the bottom for me. Uh, I just really like, even like the bad, bad ones, like uh, New There's Beginnings. There's a certain campy thrill to some of the bad ones, even. That's like, what I mean, like this, New Beginnings. This one's a little too, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it, it falls in the same thing I was talking about with like Texas, where it's like, oh, this just seems like a shameless money ploy or whatever, because I have no exposure to the sequels and the Matthew McConaughey movie and all that stuff. Yeah. Like it seemed pure to me in my brain. This is like, oh no, from day one, this was like a profit motivated industry. 100%, like yeah. once one a year throughout the eighties, Paramount would keep being like, oh, we're so embarrassed with these, but they keep making money. What am I going to do? And then they just put more kids out there to get slaughtered. Like, you know. Yeah, exactly. It it had no prestige to lose, really. No. So this is fine. I'm not mad at this movie at all. No, and that's what I mean. Like, And I like it. So you should, you should recognize that, like, out of this whole franchise, there's only one movie that I actually dislike. I know. It's, yeah. Yeah. And it's Jason Goes to Hell, goes to right? Hell. It's bad. Yeah. Like, it's not... You can't even squeeze much irony juice out of it. No. It's just not good. Um, yeah. And I I even have a soft spot for Takes Manhattan because it's so dumb. It's so dumb. But I yeah. don't mind the dumb Jason movies. Honestly, my least favorite Jason movie, like, Friday 13th films, is the first one and the second one. 
and like so this sits above those it's just like when it comes to a new beginning i'm there for the bad acting the bad writing the 23 kills the the stupid mystery of it being the ambulance driver like all that stuff like i'm there for the badness okay and i like and and three i don't know i have a great time with those movies so it's just it's it's just the difference between like oh what I want from a Friday Thirteenth movie which would this movie's given me a bit of but not quite to the same campy level that I want. Okay. Out of like three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. Uh, I guess just to walk through the end of this a little bit, there is a moment where uh, Jared Padalecki successfully calls the cops and they listen to him and they're gonna head out there right away. I, I think I always liked how they play this cop moment because it, the first time I saw it, this most recent time I saw it, it's just like, I wonder if the cop's going to believe them. Like, how are they going to, oh, never mind. He just gets a poker through the eye immediately and is out of the picture again. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even matter. Like, Jason just sneak attacks him and it's over. Yeah. Like, they're they're despaired again. And then that leads to my favorite stuff with Trent where he has a gun and Jared Padalecki is just like, oh, my God, you have a gun? We can get out of here. Like, it's fine. And then he just immediately starts panic shooting at everything. <laughs> then, he sees some then... shoes under a house coat and shoots it, like, two <laughs> times. And then a door wiggles or something because Bree's, like, on these antlers or something. And he just shoots. He just yeah. shoots three times okay, through the here's door. Here's the thing. So this scene happens, and then she falls. He, okay, in his mind, he just killed Bree. Yeah. But then he blames it on Jason. He's like, Jason just killed Bree. Bree's dead. Let's get of out of here. But I'm like, that is true, guys. But he thinks that he killed her because of his cowardice and then and blames it on Jason. lying about it. Yeah. But it's like, but that is true, though. She was dead. Like, he just, just one bond. more little dirtbag thing from Trent. And yeah, the last person you want to have a gun. He is so bad at being the leader of a pack or anything. Oh, he runs it's away. Cool. Like, once they all leave. He runs yeah, he runs opposite. out to the cop car to like radio and then sees it's broken and runs off the opposite direction of Jared and and, and Danielle. Danielle. Yeah. 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 It's funny. He's just like, peace out, guys, and then he's killed almost immediately. Like he's Okay. This truck driver guy though is super ominous about his pickup. Yeah. Like he just sticks his arm out the window and kind of gestures. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like I know we're not in the hitcher, so I'm probably safe, but what's happening here and then trent like hesitates too long and jason catches up to him we'll and, catch up him and then throws the him on this giant like tires spike spike thing on the back of like his truck spindle and this guy's something. racing away be like oh like f this stuff like he sees jason Ooh. and then he's just racing away with trent just like with dying trent <laughs> on the back of the truck and that is it for trent at the minute 78 mark or yeah. whatever i was like no, yeah. <laughs> no he had a great trent. death i was pretty happy with his death so yeah. yeah, and then it's then it's down to our two kind of detective characters. They find Whitney, are going through the tunnels and crawl up through the bus, and like during the crawl out, uh, Danielle gets stabbed through, yeah. which I guess was going to be a more elaborate battle at some point, according to like Wikipedia and IMDb and stuff. Mm-hmm. There was going to be a fire extinguisher death for her. Okay. So she was going to die either way, but there was going to be a bit more of a showdown situation. But in then they the realized they had their minute mark was reaching quickly. I think it was a money thing again. Okay. It was like, that'll cost $100,000, cut it, something like that. And it's like, I mean, to okay, be fair, this movie, $19 million is a lot of money. For one of these, sure. 
It's a bit, it's a lot, yeah. And you get kind of uh, at least three major locations. So, yeah, I guess it's it's got it. But that's what I'm trying to say. And there's zero stars. Like, they're all kind of like up-and-coming teen actor stars. Yeah, and then Jared is like first build because he's a TV star guy now. Yeah, but four seasons into Supernatural at this point type of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was still surprised his name was first. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess so. He's the guy. But then he's not in it for like 25 minutes. Yeah. So. filmed i feel i think he filmed it him and J- jensen both went off and filmed filmed like, some schlocky remakes yeah schlocky remakes that got released a month apart from each other yeah and we'll we'll be talking about the other which one is later. hilarious because <laughs> jensen's movies called is my bloody valentine and they released 3d J- january 14th to avoid this movie releasing february 13th the day before valentine's before day. valentine's day <laughs> So it might still be lingering in a theater for you to see it on Valentine's Day, but yeah. maybe not. No, yeah, it didn't do well as well. Um, anyways, and then, yeah, so then the brother-sister eventually are reunited. They're fighting Jason. They go back to this barn where they run into the hick hillbilly, and there's a tussle in front of this, like... Wood chipper? Wood chipper? Is it like a... It's a grinder wood chipper thing. It's pretty intense. I, I think it's a full-on wood chipper dude okay. who's throwing branches and stuff in it earlier. It's probably, like, I was, uh, I obviously was reminded of Fargo, yeah. and Ebert alludes to Fargo as well, can't help himself, and I was trying to think about it, it's like, this is really, like, this other wood chipper movie. I can't think of any wood chipper moments sure. in other movies. I mean, so. wasn't, what was it in, uh, there was, like, a wood chipper in Universal Soldier. Is there? What's that machine? Oh yeah, yeah. That's how Dolph Andrew gets Scott really dies. mulched up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there you go. So that's our third one, I guess. And okay. I'm gonna give that bronze medal because I I remembered this more. Yeah, okay. And we just watched that. Yeah, <laughs> you that's know. true. Um, uh, so yeah, there's this battle, and Jared does pretty well for himself. Like he is a big tall dude. It's kind of all the stuff he wasn't allowed to do in House of Wax, yeah. where it's just like he's pretty capable. I don't know why he's not allowed to do that. Here he tussles with Jason a bit. Uh, and then his sister Whitney pitches in for this kind of fake out moment where she, she kind of evokes his sympathies or whatever is like, Hey, it's okay. You can stop killing now. I look like your mom. Remember? (laughs) And then he stops long enough for this like chaining situation to go in and they sort of start hanging him. Right. Yeah. And then the beam breaks. He then is able to get up and knock. And the chain gets tangled in the rotating Well, he's blades. able to knock out Jared first. Yeah. To get, and you think he's hurt. But then all of a sudden, he gets slowly sucked back into his machine. And then and I, a... I was sort I was sort of feeling for him with the reaching. Yeah. You know, he's doing this like, oh no, like kind of reaching out to us, the audience, or to his mom in his brain or whatever. It's sure, just like, yeah, oh. yeah, this mass murder just reaching I know out. you're a horror. You've killed 13 <laughs> people at this point, but, you know like oh he kills 13 people out in there. this movie yeah that was actually something the uh screenwriters were trying to land on exactly which is a thing the series has done a couple times okay where okay. like writers are just like it would be pretty great if he kills exactly 13 people it makes That's sense why thing, these right? groups of friends were quite large so yes a lot of lot of people like that that was a logistical thing they were talking about too compared to texas where there's like five characters yeah. this is like we need way more than that yeah because we got to get to 13 <laughs> so we have our opening well that's what i love bit. about some of those movies because at random points you'll just get introduced to these two random like hitchhikers 
that are camping in the woods. Oh, and then Jason's like, they're not even like so good for we, that. We literally it's... just beat them and then like cut back 20 minutes later and Jason's now going to murder them because that we're back. Five, but... Oh my God. Five is so funny for that. It's just like, <laughs> why are there just like these hillbillies cooking stew? Why are they here? It's like for murdering. For we murdering. Need to put we don't have Jason stew. in our movie, so we have to kill 23 people. Where's the, where are they going to come from? <laughs> Anyways. They're so trashy, but I for some reason this series never gets me down. Yeah. In that like, oh, it's so moody and like dark. It's like, no, it's just stupid. It's so stupid. Like this is the best one of these. Yeah. Like um, volume slasher movies. <laughs> well, because even Jason X, he kills what was the number that they put out there based upon the like space station? Oh, he kills millions of people because he blows up that space station. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah he's definitely got he's got the he's got the the crown right um yeah okay so something that frustrates me about this ending though because okay so this is part oh, one this ending four. is so dumb i was trying to explain to oh Brittany, no sorry like... pre this ending i'm saying in the okay. end of part four Corey feldman a big scene happened like um tom Savini chop 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 came yeah. back to this franchise because he's promised like you're gonna get to kill jason yeah and so he came back to kill Jason, and it's like this intense scene where Tommy Jarvis as a child is hacking away at Jason. Good yes. death scene. Yeah. This movie's implying that Jason is dead, but there is like it's literally just his head gets sucked into the wood chipper and then cut and gets away. Scraped up a little bit. And then yeah. cut away. Yeah. He and does get a full machete stab through his chest or whatever. whatever. That doesn't matter. I know. <laughs> Again. In a normal movie, that would seem like it would kill someone, but this is Jason. We've seen him punch through vaults and whatever. <laughs> exactly. We are time, not so. worried about a knife through the chest of Jason. Chop off I his know. head and he's still oh. going to come after you. I thought Whitney's line was pretty terrible, too. It's just this like, hey, say hi to your mom in hell. <laughs> Stabs him. It's just like, no, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have done that, but okay, whatever. So this last sequence comes, the one that you were referencing. Oh, all these movies have these so insane yeah all these movies have these and the next movie never actually references them because yeah it's just it i guess they just feel they need to be like no no nothing stops jason but it's like i know that though like you can just leave it because it's the fine. first movie the survivor of the first movie she at the end of the first movie is attacked by kid jason kid from the pool, jason right in like a boat or something but then yeah. the next movie opens and she's in her apartment in like san francisco and i think she has a dream like that and yes and, and then that might be the justification as to how that imagery was but then they stop there. after that point in the series they stop caring they'll have a stinger and then the movie will open with no jason's still stuck underwater in the lake <laughs> so. yeah no it's it's real I think the thing for this, though, was, like, this movie invested so much time and effort and energy into having, like, a little story happen with this dude trying to rescue his sister. He does do that. Why on earth would they then throw the body of the murderer they defeated into the lake? Like, yeah. it just made me go, like, what? Like, you need that as forensic evidence for this whole thing. Yeah, a cop Surely is dead. Surely there are other cops. A police like, officer is dead. A police officer was killed. You need to, like, account for how that happened. That guy, but instead, Trent, is literally, his body is on the back of his truck driving into town right now. Rich kids died. Like, people are going to want to know. And then it's just like, ah, 
like we gotta get we gotta hit the road the miller sister like the miller siblings are are done with this town and they throw his body into the lake and seconds later jason breaks through the pier and grabs whitney and it's over yeah cut to credit which again i think is silly because jared clearly like he got off so easy in this movie he had nothing yeah and he's the one that was like bashing him and bopping him around like he would be more pissed at him yes right and he should have at least gotten the stinger maybe death you're right yeah yeah Yeah. anyways which is fine I, i mean i'm sitting there being like and even it's even shot in the same soft camera that the other movie endings are shot in like there's a bit more of a softness like that the soap opera glow you know oh there's a lot of glowing sun off the lake and everything yeah yeah so yeah. it's like it's obviously an homage to what they're doing in the past but and you, you get the mask underwater and the pendant or whatever yeah. and i was kind of like oh is it just gonna be like his hand grabs the mask or something that would do for me yes of just being like hey he's still he's still sentient down there yeah but instead they went for this dumb thing and, <laughs> it's eh. pretty dumb anyways yeah. but it's still so there you go 92 minutes or something before the credits hit no rockin song I was kind of bummed out there wasn't a really sick, like, you know, disturbed song or something sure, yeah, yeah. here at the end. Just a corn kick, or Slipknot just kicked in. Something, yeah. yeah. Michael Bay should have pulled that button, like, pushed that button, got that in. Yeah, there. like, he get Linkin Park to show up type of thing. Yeah, he can do that, yeah. but he didn't, so, he oh well. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's that's uh, Friday 13th, 2009. To date, the last one of these. Uh, which is sort of a bummer. Which is sort of a bummer, but there's hope. There's genuine I missed my hope. 20s watching these. I could have seen more. Yeah. There's genuine hope on the horizon. I'm hopeful. Yeah. But okay, MVP time for this movie. Uh, you're up first at the plate. For sure. So I-, I mentioned this character many times. We talked about this person many times. Uh, oh, my we? MVP is Travis Van, Van Winkle. Like... Dang it, because that's my MVP, too. It's Travis Van Winkle. He was so funny. He's so funny. And you know I'll what I just learned? First, though. You know what yeah. I just learned? Because I opened him up on IMDb. In uh, another Michael Bay production came out two years before this. He's in it. Yeah. <laughs> he's Michael. He's Megan Fox's boyfriend, like, who's also playing the douchebag, being like, hey, get away from the truck. But he, And he's like, his truck breaks he down. The paint. Oh, Megan Fox yeah. knows about underneath the hood. And he's like, babe, babe, just sh- stop talking okay like he's doing the bro stuff guess what his yeah. name is in that movie it's it's the same it's, it's also trent. trent and there's sort of this weird insinuation that it's the same guy <laughs> which, which is great i'm so happy about because travis van winkle i don't know what it is about him he's unremarkable as a human being actor or whatever no but this is like a real like biff tannin like the bully you love to laugh at or something yeah it's got some fun goofy because well, he's thing going on he has yeah exactly because he's also an accepted as one of the cool guy frat bros like jock dudes his name's hoyt yeah. in that movie though so um, okay but i mean Trent he's a really good name for this character <laughs> yes yeah so he's just whatever zone travis van nickel figured out in this like 2000s era movies he nails it in this one stupendously like bro <laughs> The best thing I've ever seen in this movie, by far, bro. So, I and Travis no. Uncle, I was laughing. I, I concur, I guess. I didn't know that would happen, but he was definitely, like, providing, like, just full laughs yeah. during this movie <laughs> with some of the Which, stuff again, he was doing. Which, again, in 2009, I remember being grumpy with him, being like, oh, this type of character, this type of character. And now, all these years later, 
just like an adult fully confident not wanting like bros just bros exist it sucks sometimes but whatever now i can be like oh they're making fun of bros this is great i love it so yeah 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 Anyways. stained oak dude can't can't touch it there there's some other like aaron is actually pretty funny too with his little hockey bit sure. and yeah, yeah. like him drinking the expensive bourbon mm-hmm. or whatever he's doing i, I like uh, i like aaron you like but I, I just for me this this role stands in the shadow of like disturbia he's like in he's the best friend in disturbia oh okay yeah i've kind of been thinking about watching that again and eagle eye which i remember being like kind of interesting it's it's about an ai or it something is right? it's really really silly but i like, i wonder if that's fun. aged well and is actually better than it was uh probably not <laughs> yeah. but it has a okay. solid cast like shia's in it and uh, michelle monahan and rosario dawson like yeah. okay it's I mean, it's, it's the same director so but okay, what what it who is I didn't really read into Travis Van Winkle like other than the bully guy in Transformers. What what is where is he now? What's he doing? Uh, like, TV it looks like. Okay, like he's done a bunch of or Hallmark movies, which makes sense. He kind of oh. has that like general <laughs> yeah. good looking kind of handsome. Yeah, but like yeah, with that broad chin type of person. Like a Hallmark movie kind of works perfectly for him. Like he's the guy from the big city who goes to the small town and learns how he needs to slow down a bit and, and stop working so hard. Okay. Okay. But yeah, it's but a yeah, lot he's... of TV. He hasn't really done any movies. He's done a lot of TV. Okay. So. So there you go. That's, that's that movie. Uh, question time is really, it was so hard for me not to just go right back into this franchise. Cause I feel it's such a big thing in a way for like slasher movie prototype or whatever. It's kind of just what was your first movie in the Friday Thirteenth series that like got you on the hook? You know, do you remember when you first encountered it? Yep, yeah, I do. Uh, the first one that got me on the hook for the Friday Thirteenth movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched them because we, we've both seen all of them, despite them being terrible. You know, yeah, way. yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> they're my kind of terrible. Okay, I guess this is gonna sound okay. So there's two versions of this answer. Okay. I remember when Jason Goes to Hell came out oh and i would go to rogers video because you remember how rogers used to have like on their back catalog vhs tapes they would put the cover of the tape in the slip sleeve like the amory case oh like yeah we had to cut down boxes yeah. and stuff yeah and it wouldn't be the rogers packaging it would be like that movie mm-hmm. i remember seeing that case as a kid and being like willfully obsessed that one day i have to watch that movie have to like i was Isn't like it like it the looks mask fascinating and like flesh and worms and it's like a snake or... moving through his mask with like flames going in the background and it says jason goes to hell i was like this okay. who's jason why does he go to hell i gotta find out so when i found out about it i was like okay it's a friday 13th franchise i can go back and watch these old movies because my parents they wouldn't let me watch jason goes to hell per se but they would let me watch the friday 13th movies because they're old quote unquote oh. old and yeah. like uh, like how bad can they be how bad the can 80s. they be yeah so i watched the first two and i was like uh the third one the third one is genuinely the first one where i was just like this movie is hilarious i'm watching this movie having a grand time there's that one actor who never acted again but went on to be great at jeopardy a lawyer yeah yeah and just yeah. he's terrible in it it's either a lawyer or real estate. he's a lawyer he's a lawyer Okay. Who went on to Jeopardy and won on Jeopardy? So, 
Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's where he, the mask comes from, right? Yeah. Doesn't he have it? He wears the... <laughs> he has a mask, yeah. And, but he's wearing a clown mask for a lot of the movie. Which is, uh, it's so bad. Anyways, yeah, that's where it happened. And then the fourth one happened, and I loved it. I remember I watched that one at your place, and it's definitely, like, bad. Like, it's like, oh, these. this is, like, maybe the lowest budget it got. Like, look at that puddle yeah. they're in. <laughs> but it does have that kind of loosening up goofy quality well, that it would sort it, of it have was filmed in, for forward. 3d so there's yeah. so many gags of like arrows coming at the camera or something coming at the camera in some way that when you watch i now love watching those movies in 2d because it just becomes so like uh, oh, this is jaws hard. 3d is kind of special in a similar yeah. way yeah i'm just like this is bad but i guess it was a spectacle if you had the glasses on so i used to have all of these movies on dvd all of them okay and then i got this box set and friday the 13th actually is a 3d movie like the the part three is a 3d deep blu-ray but i don't have a 3d tv setup but the special edition deluxe edition i got of the third movie has an option to watch it in 3d but the red and blue version on my Great. TV, and it comes with the glasses, so I kept that because, of course, yeah, because exactly. like now I can watch it in 3D, just like everybody did in 1983. Okay, so, anyways, uh, for for me, it was sort of just like I guess this is a good way to find a movie is just stumbling on it on television, mm-hmm. and I think I had already like a dim sense, maybe from that bit in Scream where he talks about the these movies. Yeah, cuz the, the the trick question is who's the killer in Friday 13th? She's a right. Jason, Jason Voorhees. So you kind of get this like vague imagery of the series and stuff like Nature Trail to Hell, the Weird Al song or something. I don't know. Somehow I had some like soaked up some knowledge that there's this hockey mass killer movie series. Uh and the one on TV was 7, The New Blood. Oh. So that was my first one I that's, ever like watched a big chunk of. That's so crazy. I like that one quite a lot. No, yeah, that is now to this day my favorite of the batch. Like that okay. and Jason Lives are my two favorites. Seven is just so special. It is like it's sort of like I feel they felt they were running out of ideas and dead endings, so they had to like mix it up. And I like how they did it. Oh yeah, they basically put Carrie in the movie. Yeah. And she has to battle Jason but like, with exactly, her psychic powers. Exactly, carry with superpowers for good type of thing, right? Like carry versus Jason or whatever. Not bullies. It's, it's entertaining stuff. It's so entertaining. Uh, yeah. And to be so, fair, it's actually just like a solid one in the entry. They do it like it, it could be gimmicky, but they follow the same formula as the previous movies. They just have a really cool final girl sequence. Mm-hmm. Like the battle is actually pretty fun. She she kind of uses powers to like break the pier underneath him at one point yes. and stuff, right? And they yeah. uses powers to throw him a very far distance, and and he gets demasked yeah. and everything. So yeah, there there's a lot of like madness in that one. I think at some point though, like when I started working at Video Star, it's like all right, seen that one. I'm gonna go back to the beginning though, and yeah, I was not into that first movie. I thought it yeah. was like Kevin Bacon's there and everything. It's yep. got that kind of legacy or whatever but it was just an underwhelming movie sure like it's kind of a boring movie it's kind of boring uh i and then you were saying how bad two was and kind of lumped it in with one when i finally saw two i actually kind of liked it because it at least starts the formula we know you're right you know I like just, him I, as the killer 
Uh, he does look kind of weird in like jean well, suspenders, and skinny and lanky. Like yeah. he's not hulking yet, too. Sure, yeah, he's just this spindly jean wearing <laughs> kid with, with a like a sack potato on his head. sack on his head. Yeah, yeah, it's it's missing that part. But I think I I if I recall, I remember being impressed that that movie had the characters kind of thinking about their situation and trying to operate correctly i think it's still in the guise of like this is an operational camp well you and, know and in all, in all honesty i actually really like the opening scene quite a bit where the original final girl dies in her house in san francisco that means jason stalked her back to her place like it shows that like calculating jason that we see in this newest movie mm-hmm. like he's not just this like force of nature who's trapped to this like space yeah it it had a couple surprises in its bag for me or whatever so yeah i like that one decently uh but yeah like i think to this point like seven is still one of my favorites maybe because it's the first one i saw oh if not the most zany in the right way see the way i still grounded in the camp and everything like it still has that i watched it in a broken way i watched one and two then i jumped to eight because it was the only ones my block but my rogers had was one two and eight Okay. And eight, I saw as a, with a friend in like grade five or six or something like that, and it was just like this movie's bad, right? Like this is a bad movie. But then I was I like, I feel like I saw three, four, and six, and then I saw five with you as just yeah. like, oh, I've heard this one's like the worst one. It's like it's kind of is, but it's also hilarious. So then we just <laughs> it's just how so bad the acting die. and the writing is in that movie is so bad. Like they literally looks like they shot it over a weekend. But it's like they're trying to commit to this, like, no, no, we killed Jason. So and he's, he's and dead now. Crazy. There's a new murderer. Yeah. But then they recasted him between movies, and all of a sudden he becomes like a confident dude in the sixth one. Mm-hmm. The sixth one's fun. I really like the sixth one. Like, the opening sequence of Jason coming back to life is just so gonzo, silly nonsense. Like, yeah. Tommy's own fear is the undoing of this whole of thing because he reanimates him with a stop sign pole yeah, or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna. I'm in defense of of eight. You have that whole boat sequence, which is boring. But once he gets to New York, like he punches a dude's head off in a he boxing match. He does punch a dude's head off. I also find that movie really comical and how it's New York, but there's like a scene of him in Times Square, and then everything else is like the dead streets of Vancouver. Well, and like it's just like on top of I these apartment buildings, never slept on top yeah. of these apartment buildings that are like ten floors high, and it's like. New York City doesn't have this many 10-story buildings, guys. They have way more tall, tall buildings. There's a lot of urban density, <laughs> I'm told. Like, this doesn't quite add up. It yeah, is. it's... Anyways, and then eventually came the day where I saw Jason Goes to Hell. At some point in there, I finally got to rent it with my buddy because his mom yeah. didn't let us rent anything. And I just remember the soul, like, first five minutes, just elated having a great time. And then the soul just leaving my body like it did Jason's body. Oh man, I I watched it in like a full spirit of irony, knowing this is bad with like my friend Jordan or whatever. Because th- yeah, the intro is kind of legendary, where he is just totally smoked by like an army unit. Yeah. They are so ready for Jason to try to pull his old tricks and floodlights and Uzis and grenades and everything, and he explodes. Uh, but the. I, I knew he was barely in it, but how little he's in it was still astounding to me. Like, it's just like, 
No, it's like this evil worm thing that's like possessing oh, yeah. people. It's it, and then like people will look in the mirror and see that they're actually Jason, I guess. But like you get fleeting glimpses of when all you get of like that. when you when you find out that Sean S. Cunningham is it him just hated Jason at some point was like I want to get away from Jason Voorhees, and it was oh. just like what why you shouldn't make a movie about him yeah. then you should hand this off to somebody <laughs> and then I just remembered the ridiculously high how excited I was for Jason X. I actually, it got released six months in advance on a screener copy. And that's, oh. I watched it at home before I went and saw it in theaters. And then one <laughs> fateful night, you and I were on a trip to Vancouver. And I was like, oh, Nathan, we're going to watch Jason X. And you're like, all right. And then we watched Jason X. I was pretty underwhelmed with it at that point. Because I think I'd let myself run wild with expectation of just like, oh, there's going to be like zero G. <laughs> like kills and like space craziness it's like, no, it's like, this is a really no no low budget it's an movie. extremely low budget movie nathan <laughs> it's not gonna have any of that it'll be sort of in space kind yeah, like, of um and then watching yeah, and it then... again like a while ago it it has some fun in it to oh, be sure. sure like that big screw or whatever and um the, <laughs> their stuff the but... frozen face smash the like the holodeck stuff all good stuff for me mm-hmm. and then i remember seeing uh I had to sneak into Freddy vs. Jason because it was 18A, and I was 17 at the time, but I went and saw that in theaters. I was very excited about that one. I, I, I really like that one. I think it's a fun... It, like, it delivers the dumb thing it's supposed to be. Yes. It's just 100%. this big, stupid brawl with these characters yeah. saying all their old taglines. There's except, some solid you know, kills I mean, along Jason. the way. Fr- Robert England's yeah. having a real blast being Freddy. Yeah. No, it makes sense to me that that was the biggest one, I guess, but... Yeah, super weird what's happened with those. I don't know that you could, like, I guess we'll talk about its its reincarnation, the Friday, the the nightmare oh, situation sure, yeah. in the future. Yeah, we will talk about that one in the future. But um, and and ponder what went wrong with all these. But I I still feel there's something to these ideas that would still play. Well, I think we're in a new era that yeah. proves that it is because like. In the Watching last those Fear two, Street movies, their Fear Street movies like, kind of yeah. homage a lot of this stuff. Like especially that second one is very much like a Camp Crystal Lake movie. Um, mm-hmm. Then you got like the Scream Legacy sequel did really well at the box office, better than four ever did. So there's more the Halloween sequels doing really well. Like there's people want slasher like classic slasher films coming back. So I mean <laughs> the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre that people hated but I loved yeah did terribly but like was high numbers for the first weekend and then people stopped watching because it's terrible but oh okay but there's like definitely space for that's a Netflix movie though right like it's hard for me to know if something succeeded or failed I know well even like when something like Sandman will be number one for three weeks and it's like still in the bubble of like Netflix being like we're we're thinking of canceling well we might cancel it it's like what what is what what is what is how do you do this what is the metric here as, it's going to be five weeks because that means people had to resubscribe. Or something like it. As Mindhunter, I think, is what you're looking for, right? You're just like, what is oh, the metric I, here? What a disappointing situation with that thing, yeah. Like, you're always going to get two seasons of a show, maybe, and then probably that'll be it. Yeah, especially <laughs> so. when you know that there's a hard plan in place, too, right? Like, uh, third season being, like, kind of a wrap-up season. It's like, oh, it's renegotiation time. Yeah, because Fincher even pitched out third season as a wrap-up season, like a big-time jump. Like, we'll, we'll finish it, okay? It's like, eh. Yeah. We're going to flake out, actually. Yeah, real disappointed with that organization. So, but, okay. Um, 
I guess yeah, that's it. It's just Friday, Friday talk, Friday all the time. It, I was gonna like pivot to some other genre or something, but I can't. Like, I, I, I have lots of space in my brain with uh, slasher films. Like even I love Michael. Like I put Michael and Jason on totally different spectrums because Jason doesn't scare me. Michael kind of scares me. This idea of like this motiveless shape that moves around type of thing and like stalks you from a distance. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some good stuff there. Um. No, no, there's more of a serial killer edge to him. Like, Jason's just absurd. <laughs> Jason is point. absurd. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, with Jason, like, those movies are fun. But when Michael, when he gets into silly territory, like, people hate Halloween Resurrection. I'm there for it. I had a great That's time. That's, like, the reality show yeah, one. Yeah, it's so silly. It's okay. so silly. But anyways. Anyways. Great. Okay. Yeah, that's Friday 13th. Uh, just, I don't know. This this ostensibly is slasher movie remakes. I am not saying that very often. I keep talking about Halloween is coming. <laughs> but we're focusing on slasher movie remakes, and this is definitely one of them. Oh, those. yeah. like I mean, at this point, I think you'd be able to put the pieces together because we are definitely not talking about... like Even when I did the post for the Instagram for the our Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it was just like, oh, guys, the classic, and by classic, I mean the remake of the classic... Texas Chainsaw Massacre is up this week, so because mm-hmm. it's now 19 years old, so is it a classic? No, uh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> but oh well. Okay, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. If you want to email us some questions, Ryan at okavio.ca or Nathan okavio.ca. We're also on Instagram, okavio podcast, and Twitter at okavio podcast. Uh, next week we're looking at the fairly big budget 13 Ghosts from 2001. It was directed by Steve Beck and written by Neil Marshall Stevens and Richard Dovidio. Richard Doe Video, and once again, produced by Robert Zemeckis. Until then, I'm Nathan. And I'm Ryan. Bye-bye for now. You missed Joel Silver. Like, this is a Joel Silver movie. I don't really care about Joel Silver. (laughs)